Welcome to Cancer Conversations. I'm your host, Erica Matthews. I am a wife, mom, and wellness coach. I understand the trauma of getting a cancer diagnosis and the intense battle a person instantly steps into. This podcast is all about learning how to overcome adversity and how activating faith plays a key role in the outcomes we want to have. Each week, I will be bringing you education and inspiration, as well as interviews with other fellow warriors. Get ready to be empowered in your faith, mindset, and your health. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to my very first episode. I am so excited to be sharing the cancer story with you for this first episode, and I promise to be real and raw, and I hope that by sharing my story that you just get to know my heart and that it encourages you as well as builds your faith and inspires you to heal from the inside out. So I want to give you a little bit of a backstory so you can know me more. And again, I'm being super raw and vulnerable here. So I grew up in Washington, and I grew up with uh, three siblings. There, So there was three of us and parents. And, you know, my parents did the best that they could. As kids, we also, you know, make choices for ourselves. And so I made some poor choices. And my poor choices were, I believe, uh, because I was disconnected from myself. I, I really feel like as a little girl, I was completely lost. And my choices led me to look for love in all the wrong places. For seven years of my life, I was pretty involved with drugs. I will say that, thank God that has a happy ending. <laughs> After almost losing my life and losing myself to drug addiction, I had a wake-up call, and when I was 25 years old, I had an encounter with Jesus, and it literally shifted everything because I realized at that moment, He was who I was looking for my entire life. And so at that moment when I found Him or He found me, I got set free completely from addiction, and it was like an instant miracle. So I want to say that because I am no stranger to miracles. But for these past 21 years, I have been healing. I have been on this journey of inner healing, and my life has been so blessed and so beautiful. But it's also been a messy process of finding out who God created me to be. I ended up meeting my dream husband at 38 years old. And we got married at 39. And honestly, I waited for the best of the best. And my mission was to trust God and not settle. Uh, I had seen lots of women settling for guys just to fill that empty space in their hearts and then getting divorced years later. And I was like, no, I don't want that. I, I will wait on you, God. And that's what I did. My internal clock was ticking, so I will say it wasn't easy, but I will say that God's word is absolutely true because he has made everything beautiful in his time has been one of my favorite scriptures that's found in Ecclesiastes 3.11, and I have seen this scripture to be you know, true many times in my life. So again, everything is going amazing in my life. Dream husband, dream career, making over six figures a year. Might I add, I did not graduate from high school, so I had a ninth grade education. Then what happens? We we want to get pregnant. So I get pregnant with my daughter, and it happens right away. And so I had her at 41. My daughter's name is London. She is amazing. She is the perfect mix of me and my husband. I decided to go all in to being an entrepreneur and working from home. And so I decided I wanted to be a health coach. And so I quit my six-figure career so I could stay at home and work with my daughter. What ended up happening was I began to be addicted to success. And Goodness, I really found out that I am an overachiever, that I'm a perfectionist, that I am a workaholic, and that I thrive in the go, 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 do, do, do. 
or at least I thought that that was really what, you know, success was supposed to look like. So how many of us know that usually God's version of success for our lives is much different than our version of success? It's very important to live by His version, which is why God gave me the word alignment right before I got diagnosed. So that's going great. And then I decide I want to get certified as a life coach. Because of all that I had overcome, I feel like I had a gift to give women. That's what I did. So I went to a life coaching school and got certified. So this is all when COVID is breaking out in 2020. So I get back from being certified and I start having these weird symptoms, shortness of breath, belly starts sticking out a little bit. I notice that I'm gaining a little bit of weight and I had my lymph node pop out on the base of my neck, which I did not know actually was a lymph node. And so what did I do? Nothing. I could have cared less. I was like, okay, well, I got a business to build and I've got a lot of women that I'm going to help. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to work on my health later and I'm sure whatever this is, is just going to go away. That's really what uh, I call a denial statement and denial thinking, but that's honestly what I had. And so my husband though, on the other hand, he calls himself a realist. He was pretty freaked out about that, uh, what he saw on the base of my, uh, kind of on my collarbone. And so he talked me into going to the doctor and I finally went. But really what caused me to go was God knew what would get my attention was a nodule on my chest popping out. So that freaked me out. So I go to the dermatologist and she takes one look at my lymph node and says, oh my goodness, we are not doing anything today. You need to get to the ER. And I burst out crying in her office. And I remember just being full of fear. And she really put the fear of God in me, honestly. So what did I do? Did I listen to the doctor? No. And I went to a walk-in clinic. Now, that was a big mistake because the walk-in clinic, they can only do so much. And they, do, they don't have CT scans and things like that, which is what I needed uh, to really show what was going on in my body. And really, they took about a week to figure things out um, before they finally ordered the test. Again, that's right when COVID was breaking out. So they were, that's all they seemed to care about. Finally, after a week, they referred me to the hospital and they said, okay, you need to get a CT scan. So I go and I get the scan. Now they had just ordered the scan from the base of my neck, you know, where that lymph node is because they wanted to see what was going on with that. I did the scan for that and I'm getting dressed and there's a knock on my door. And I said, yes. And the tech says, hey, the radiologist just wants to make sure that nothing else is going on in your body. We're going to try and get orders for a full body scan. And I'm like, okay. I waited. Now, I did not actually have a primary care doctor. And I would say that's probably one of the first mistakes. And then the second mistake I would say is that when I had my daughter, the doctor had said that she thought she saw something. Cancer is for those people, not for someone successful or someone like me, is what I thought. Um, I didn't, you know, take her seriously or take take any of that into consideration. And so they ended up getting the orders for a full body scan from the walk-in clinic. So thank God they were allowed to do that. But I believe it's because of what they saw from the lymph node. They do the full body scan, I get dressed, and I'm coming, I come back out. And the text back was turned away from me. So my words to her were, okay, so now what? And she took her time turning around. And when she finally did, she was crying and she had tears coming down her face. And she said, we'll call you. And I said, oh my gosh, are you okay? And she's like shaking her head and she said, we'll call you. And again, because I was so checked out and in this, I want to say addiction of 
work mode and success mode that I had no idea she was actually crying over me. I go home and probably about an hour-ish later, I just had put down my daughter for a nap and at the time she was uh, a year and a half old. There's that call. I get the call that nobody wants to get. And the woman on the phone says, "Um, we don't have great news for you. She said, "Um, you have ovarian cancer, your lungs are filled with fluid, and you need to get to the ER. And I remember actually having my first panic attack, and I screamed bloody murder. And I said, are you kidding me? And she said, no, ma'am, I wish I was, but you need to get to the ER. So literally, I could not catch my breath. I was just in utter, pretty much utter shock. And just the diagnosis alone was so traumatizing. I called my husband. Of course, he didn't answer. And I called my mom. She answered. And I said, Mom, Mom, they say I have ovarian cancer. And her words to me were this. She said, so now my mother is very um, in tune with God And she is a warrior as well. And it was like God had already prepared my mother because of her response. And she has been one of the greatest battle warriors with me. And I'll get more into that a little bit later. But she ended up meeting me at the hospital. I finally did get a hold of my husband. They met me at the hospital. And nobody would let my family in um, the hospital because of COVID. And so I had to go in there by myself. And I went in there. They quickly staged it at stage four. I had cancer everywhere. They showed me that I had cancer in my lungs, liver, breast, chest, Uh, covered in my stomach, right ovary, inner thigh, uh, glutes. It had metastasized like in many places, many, many lymph nodes, esophagus, trach. I mean, it just, you know, so they, as you can imagine, treated me like you poor victim of cancer. You were so sorry, you know, um, basically what I was getting from all the people around me was that they didn't expect me to make it for too long. However, God knew at that moment, I was very weak, I was very vulnerable. And if I would have heard words like, you have three months to live or whatever, you know, whatever word curses is what I call it, spoken over me, I probably would not have fought as hard. So I'm just, I'm thankful to God that that he knew my heart. So what he did do instead was he put powerful people of faith in my path, right pretty much as I got the diagnosis. So I'm sitting in the hospital can barely catch my breath. And because of all the cancer that was in my body, they did allow my husband to come in. They, they pretty much broke the rules for that. He's in there holding my hand. He's also going through his own shock of, of everything. And I get a text message from my wonderful pastor. And she says, God put you on my heart today. Is everything okay? And that's when I told her, no, I'm in the hospital. I'm scared of dying. They just diagnosed me with stage four ovarian cancer. Please pray for me. I mean, I was absolutely desperate. I was desperate to be healed and desperate for Jesus to come into my situation. But I'm telling you that he did. He did. He did. So they assigned me a doctor and he was the hospital's oncologist that was on call. He was one of those doctors that was overly positive. So he wouldn't really speak the truth. He was trying to give me hope. And I, and I believe that he, you know, believed, you know, that being positive, which I absolutely believe that's true. Being positive is going to get you, you know, the best results. And so he wasn't completely forthright with me about my situation. 
but that's okay. Cause I really, like I said, if I would have heard words like hardly anyone makes it from ovarian cancer, there's only a 14% survival rate, you know, who wants to hear those words? That's certainly not going to help in this situation. So God did assign me a great doctor in that sense. They told me the game plan, which was surgery, chemo. I don't remember if they talked radiation or not. And I said, okay, let's let's do the surgery. So I did the surgery and they never told me what having an abdominal hysterectomy was going to do and how I was basically stepping into hell with instant menopause. Oh my goodness. So I mean, the night sweats, I just remember being in such survival mode. I was felt like a crazy woman, honestly. Now, again, uh, just to give you a little bit of backstory, I have never broken a bone in my body. I had barely seen doctors in my life, and I you know, certainly had not had any major surgeries. And so it was like stepping into an instant nightmare with everything that I had to do. And I was kind of like on this like system in this conveyor belt, like, okay, do this, do this. This is next. Oh, yep, this is our protocol. It was pretty awful. And so I had the surgery. And what happened? I ended up bowel obstructing. And so they put an NG tube down through my nose, through the back of my throat, down to my esophagus to drain the gases on that were sitting on top of my stomach. It was absolutely just horrendous just being in the hospital. And they had me drugged up on morphine. And so part of it, I don't even remember Um, Part of it, it was kind of like I was having this out-of-body experience. I get home, and I'm home probably for a couple of days, and everything is going okay, but they didn't tell me how important that having a bowel movement was. And so I'm just pretty checked out. I'm pretty, pretty traumatized from just the diagnosis alone. And let me just say this, that... If you are new to being diagnosed, please do not get on Google because Google does not have any hopeful things really about cancer and let alone ovarian cancer. Google is not your Holy Spirit. I just want to say that. So, but that's what I did and I learned the hard way. It was Easter of 2020 and I am cramping so bad. Now I had been cramping pretty bad for, you know, the the past couple of days, but this was, you know, unbearable. And I was texting my doctor asking him, it, you know, is this normal? And he said, well, you know, I can't speak for what's normal. I'm not in your body, but if you feel like it's too much, then definitely head to the ER. And so I endured the cramping and the pain and it kept getting worse and worse and worse. And finally, it was about 10 o'clock at night. I was like, okay, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And this is pretty disgusting, but I ended up vomiting feces out of my mouth. And I knew I was bowel obstructing again, which is very common for ovarian cancer. My husband grabbed our daughter. She had been asleep for a couple hours and drove me to the hospital and dropped me off. And that's when, wow, I had just a crazy experience. So again, they put that NG tube down me and I couldn't even believe that I was actually having to go through this. But let me just say this. The Bible is so true that when you walk through the fire, there is another in the fire. And God promises that as his kids, we will not get burned. And that is exactly what I have seen in my situation. The NG tube is in me for three days and things are not happening. So what did I do? I ripped it out of me. I was like, to heck with this thing. It's not working. It's creating so much panic. I was in fight mode. I was in, I can't even explain where I was at mentally. Again, utterly shocked that I'm in this situation, trying to go with the flow. 
and desperately searching and looking for where Jesus is going to be for me. Where is God? And he was he was so completely there with his peace. So they put a feeding tube in me. They put a pick line in me for meds. And again, nothing is working. Nothing is happening. So I'm in the hospital and again, I'm, I'm on morphine, so I'm checked out, but yet there is a level of me being coherent and I am wrestling with God. I am wrestling with God. And what ended up happening was, it was almost like I was stepping into eternity because I was telling God that, God, like, forgive me for not living true to you. Forgive me for, for, you know, I was just repenting for, for, for things that I knew were not right in my life and for how I had gotten out of alignment. And I basically made a deal with God that I would live true to him and true to my calling if he would let me live. So that was on day eight. Now, little did I know that also on day eight, that the doctor who had done my surgery, because I ended up having another surgery because I needed to, nothing was happening. And they ended up taking out part of my colon. And so again, things are still not happening. So they called my husband on day eight to prepare him for my death. And now my husband is an engineer. He's very logical and he takes things literal. And so that's what he did. He began to prepare for that as as much as he could. Well, basically on that same day, after I had made the agreement with God, that same doctor who called my husband, he uh, barges into my hospital room and he says, hey, do you pray? And I said, yeah, do you? And he goes, yeah. He goes, you need to pray. You need to call on as many prayer warriors for you because this is not looking good. And in my head, I was like, done. So he left and I sent out a text message to all my prayer warriors, people that I knew were really fighting for me and believing God for my supernatural healing. Okay, that's what this has been, supernatural. And I truly believe that cancer is a spiritual disruption. If you listen to it, then it can be the best gift for your life. And I'll go more into that a little bit later. After sending out the text message to my prayer warriors, everything that needed to happen for me to leave the hospital, for my bowels to start working again, it took two days for all of that to happen. So I had been in the hospital for 10 days total. And on the 10th day, I was released to go back home. And that's pretty much when I realized I do not want to be in the conventional system. And I believe that God had deposited something in me so supernatural on the inside, like this this warrior spirit. Now, what I really want to talk about right now is the spirit of fear. The definition of fear is false evidence appearing real. Fear has chased me my entire life, and I know that it has to do with my calling. It has to do with me speaking up and speaking out. And there has been an attack on my voice my entire life. And so I can actually see how God has used this cancer diagnosis as such a blessing. And I can be honest and say that in the beginning, when I first got diagnosed, I did not think cancer was a blessing. In fact, I thought it was a death sentence, and I thought it was a curse. And I thought, oh my goodness, what did I do to deserve this? But it doesn't have anything to do with that. So after a couple days of being home, I get a call from the doctor who does chemo. And they tell me that I need to come in and have a consult, and they'll get me all set up for chemotherapy. Now, I think it's a bunch of crock that they call it chemotherapy. Therapy? What is therapeutic about chemo? I knew in my heart 
that I did not want to do chemo. Part of it was I was scared. I was scared to lose my hair, my lashes, my eyebrows, and I was scared of being that sick. But what I soon began to discover was that conventional chemo did not really solve the root problem of why I got cancer in the first place. So that's what I began to be awakened to. I want to take a quick break from today's episode and talk about an immune system molecule that's getting a lot of attention around the world. Now, most of you who watch me on my social media, I'm sure have heard me talk about it. It's a molecule that educates your immune system to help your body recognize a threat and respond to it by taking it out. It makes your immune system 437% smarter and it activates your natural killer cells. It also does more than that, but for the sake of time, I won't get into all the details of what it does. However, I just heard from a panel of doctors and what struck my attention was they said that if you have a weakened immune system, that is how disease is able to enter in. But if you have a strong immune system, well, let's just say tumors are unaccepted. They are not able to grow. If your immune system is strong, I want to encourage you, if you are curious about what this immune system molecule could do for your health and taking your health next level, email me at hello at ericamatthews.co. All right, let's get back into today's episode. My relationship with God went to a whole new level, and I learned for me that cancer was a spiritual diagnosis more than anything. And so I realized that the only way to get rid of the fear and the fear of dying that was exposed was to worship. And so when the devil would tap me on my shoulder telling me I was going to die, I would literally just worship, worship Jesus. And the enemy would leave. He would flee because he doesn't like my worship. And so I learned that worship was my weapon and that it was my weapon to completely destroy cancer. So my husband would come home and he would hear the music blasted and he would see me upstairs with, you know, tubes hanging out of my stomach and my arm worshiping the Lord because that's what I needed. I needed God. I needed the presence of God to come and fight for me. And people always ask me, how do I have so much faith? That's probably one of the biggest questions I get. And I will say it's because of standing on his word and God highlighting scriptures and me using them as my weapon. And the word of God actually says it's the sword of the spirit. So that means that we can actually use the Bible as the sword of the spirit to kill our giants. And, you know, cancer is and was my giant. I don't truly believe that people know how to do that, though. But that is what has really worked for me. God put it in my heart to not do the traditional way of healing ovarian cancer. So that was a personal decision that I made. But my mother actually found a holistic cancer center in Irvine, California. And in my heart, from everything that I had read, it seemed so hopeful to go there. But of course, insurance doesn't cover that. So it was very hard for my husband and I to agree to go to this clinic. But in my heart, I knew that if they would accept me, this is where I felt like God was leading me. I had a consult with Dr. Keneally. She's world-renowned. She is amazing. She helped really save my life. God used her in powerful ways. And I ended up flying down there to do what's called an RGCC test. Now, if you're not familiar with that, what it is, is they basically don't even treat you there. 
until you do this test. But they take your blood and send it off to a lab in Greece. And that lab will test your blood against all kinds of healing modalities. So natural healing modalities, as well as different chemo agents. And as you heard how much cancer was in my body, Dr. Keneally was suggesting that I needed to do what was called IPT. It stands for insulin potentiated therapy, which is a form of low dose chemo. But it's not just a lower dose of chemo. It has to do with, you know, you come in fasting, they low, lower your blood sugar, they give you fake insulin, they give you uh, intravenous healing modalities uh, according to your RGCC. Uh, that your RGCC showed would be effective on the type of cancer that they say you have. That's what we did. So they put together this whole game plan, but they said, you know, you, you need to be here every single day to heal. My family and I moved from Idaho for what we were told two months, this is all it would take. But we ended up living there in uh, the Dana Point area. And God just supplied our every need. All the money came in because everything was out of pocket. And we even, you know, got gifted this condo uh, that was across from the ocean in Dana Point. I mean, there was so many amazing things that happened during this, you know, season of healing from cancer. While I was getting treatment, my husband was actually able to work remotely, which was amazing. He worked part-time and then took care of our daughter. And I was able to go to the clinic every single day and heal. Well, I ended up getting a rare infection in my body and I was unable to do the treatment. So uh, at that time I was, oh, so sick. I actually would go into like the shivers and I couldn't eat. I got down to 117 pounds. The doctors were unsure of what was going on. They actually did not know it was an infection on my body. They actually thought the cancer had grown and was taking over my body. And so I would just lay in bed feeling so sick, couldn't do anything, could not contribute to helping my husband with my daughter, nothing. It was just horrific. And then I would shiver to death, my lips would turn blue, and then I would need to get in a scalding hot bath to get some warmth, and it took a while, and then finally I would have a fever and it would break. And this just kept happening and kept happening, and I got sicker and sicker. And in the middle of all that, somehow I met this amazing, amazing prayer warrior. Well, there was just many of them. You know who you are, all the people that really invested into me. I want to actually publicly thank Candace McDowell. She was like my personal intercessor. She would take time for me and we would have prayer calls and she would just pray over me and give me that hope. And she prays with such power and authority and she really would minister to me. And especially when I was really sick, it was just what I needed. Shortly after that, I recovered from that aspect because they identified that I had a rare infection in my body, and so I was able to continue with the treatment. And I actually had a scan, and because I was so full of faith for my situation, I believed in my heart that God wanted to do a miracle in me and show off His glory. After I had the scan, I just told everybody that the scan is going to show that there's no cancer in my body. So I had my appointment with Dr. Keneally, and she actually told me the exact opposite. She told me that there was quite a bit of cancer in my body and that I needed a miracle. She told me to actually have eight people rally in me, rally around me in prayer and really believe, just stand with me, and really focus on my healing. And she started talking about this book called The Power of Eight. But I was, of course, absolutely devastated. And it was because of 
what she told me. And it wasn't what I expected. And so what happens when we get different news than what we expect? We go into big time disappointment. And so I left the appointment and I went to my next appointment in the clinic, which was the sauna. And I decided to call my husband before I got in the infrared sauna. And I cried to him, which was a very usual daily practice. He prayed over me and I got off the phone and immediately I heard the Holy Spirit sing over me. And I don't know if if you're you know, a Christian or a raised Christian, you might know this song, but the song is, my God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. I literally heard that song being sung over me and it encouraged me to put my warrior spirit back on. And I knew at that moment that God was speaking that over me because that's what he wanted to be for me, big and strong and mighty. And he wanted me to know that there's absolutely nothing that he can't do. There's nothing that our God cannot do. He is the God of the impossible. In fact, that's what he specializes in. I am encouraged again. I have this mindset like, okay, God, we can do this. I'm going to overcome. And I ended up having another meeting and uh, they said, okay, you really need to do the low-dose chemo. Now, again, I still was scared of losing my hair. I was scared of being sick, all of that. But I trusted my doctor. I really did. And so I consented to that. I really wanted to meet with the the chemo doctor. And so I sat down with her. She ended up answering all my questions and I still didn't have peace for some reason. In fact, I was very scared while we were chatting. I said, okay, I need you to be straight up honest with me. I said, for my situation, if you were me, would you do the low dose chemo? And she said, Yes, and you've got to know that I don't take any medications. I am not for them. But if I were you, because of how bad your situation is, I would. And she said, I need you to also know that chemo is not the end all cure all, and especially for ovarian cancer. When she said that, I literally partnered with that, and my heart dropped to the floor. My heart started beating profusely, and the thought that went through my head was, oh my gosh, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to survive this. I messed up too much in my life, God. I made too many horrible decisions. And I know that that's common. That is what we think when something horrible happens. But I'm telling you, that's a victim mindset. So what did I do? I said, okay, let me, I need to think about this. I need to pray about this. So I went back to the Airbnb, did my usual thing, talked to my husband, cried and prayed. And I got up and I walked to the bedroom and immediately I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. And he said, are you forgetting who I am? And I said, yes, Lord, for a moment I did. And I, you know, repented from that. And I got right back into believing the impossible, believing that God was setting me up for a miracle. And I think it's so important, the mindset piece. In fact, it's one of the most important things is to have the mindset of a conqueror and to believe that we are going to get to the other side, to believe that this is just a little bit of our story. That is so huge in the healing journey and just the process. So most of the healing modalities that I did at the Cancer Center for Healing had to do with working on my immune system and really going after the root of why I got a cancer diagnosis in the first place. Now, as I've discovered, there are many, many reasons as to why I got a cancer diagnosis. I had treatments like Evox, which is emotional healing therapies. I had intravenous 
modalities like hydrogen peroxide, mistletoe, vitamin C, hyperbaric oxygen chambers, infrared sauna, selenomycin, obviously the IPT, and tons and tons and tons of supplements, things that I had never heard of before. We also did a lot of different light therapy, just therapies that I had never heard of before, but it worked. And I know that it worked because I was willing to go to the root cause and I was willing to do the inner work that it takes to overcome a cancer diagnosis. So after being there for five months, my tumor markers were a thousand when I got diagnosed. And when I left the clinic, they were 25. So just, you know, in normal range for ovarian cancer. And I responded very, very well to the treatments. So I go home, everything is going great. I start working again, but I'm still, you know, really focused on healing, healing in every way, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and then ultimately physically. But I ended up reoccurring again. And so I had to go back to the clinic. And what I realized is that I was going to be on this kind of like a conveyor belt where I was just going to be chasing the treatments. And God is so gracious. And while I was actually there, I had been going there, actually flying in every single week for treatment for a couple months. And basically, I became resistant to every single healing modality but one. So that was the one that we were using and it was a chemo agent, and I I don't know the name of it. So I was doing that when I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me, and he told me that I was stepping into a new season, and I was done. I was done at the clinic. And it was relieving to hear him say that, but I was also unsure of what that meant. My heart believed that that meant that I was going to get you know, my full healing, but then I you know, wasn't sure. And so it was risky to stop the treatment. While I go home and I'm sitting, staring out at the window in my kitchen, there's complete silence in my home. And again, I hear the Holy Spirit speak to me and he tells me that my home is a house of healing. And shortly after that, he actually led me to uh, this in-home protocol that I do in my home. And it consists of just different you know, supplements that kill cancer and different molecules, uh, different things for the immune system, molecular gas treatments, just things that most people have not heard of. And it has helped everything to be stable for the most part. Now, I did actually get a clear scan back in December of 2021. And it was a CT scan. And I did not know this at the time that in order to, you know, say that you're in remission, you actually have to have a clear PET scan. And so I have not had a clear PET scan. But that is okay, because God has me on this journey of trusting him and trusting his timing. And he has spoken so many things to me, so many promises from his word. And one of the main scriptures he actually had given me was when things were not looking good in California. And in fact, I was pretty much going downhill. We weren't, we, you know, we weren't sure what was happening. And I remember getting out of bed and finding a little ounce of strength to worship God. And I remember grabbing my Bible and I'm like, God, you've got to speak to me. I don't feel good. This is not looking good. I'm discouraged. I need some hope about my situation. And I opened my Bible and literally the scripture jumped out at me in Psalm 55, 18. And it says this, he has redeemed my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. And I knew that God was saying, this is what you need to hold on to. And he also gave me Psalm 40 and early on in you know, during the whole diagnosis part and just not knowing how I was going to get through this and not knowing if I was even going to survive this, he gave me Psalm 40. And it just talks about 
you know, the Lord, he, the Lord has delivered me from the muck and the miry clay and many were going to see it and fear him. Many were going to see the deliverance of God and that God was setting my feet upon the rock. Now he is the rock. He is the rock on which I stand. And if we're standing on Jesus Christ is our rock, we, we will never be shaken. And so I can honestly say, because I have been standing on him, cancer has tried to shake me, but it has not won. In fact, it's only made me a better person. It has only realigned me to God's highest purpose for my life. God has led me every single step of the way. And he has revealed himself to me He has been so real to me, and my faith is truly unshakable. It really is. And it's so important to really go after the fear and go after the mindset piece, because if you don't believe you're going to be healed, you probably won't be healed. As you can imagine, my priorities completely shifted, and my life took on a whole new meaning. If I'm being honest, I had created false value systems to feed my ego and to satisfy the unhealed parts in me. But since receiving a cancer diagnosis, I don't have the slightest desire to have value systems that don't align with God's plan for my life. How many of us know that we have plans, but God has a better plan? And that's what alignment has truly looked like for me. Cancer used to be a death sentence, but now that I have done so much work on myself, cancer has actually become a gift, a gift to wake me up to live true, true to God and true to myself. So in closing, I just want to share a few more thoughts about just cancer in general and how cancer has been a beautiful blessing for me. It has been the biggest wake-up call in my entire life. And that's really what cancer is. It is a wake-up call that something or many things are not working and that something needs to change. And this is why the what I call the cutting, burning, and poisoning model of the conventional world, it doesn't really work long-term. Like you might get a clear scan and all that in the beginning, but long-term, unless you go and you change everything in your entire life. You change your water. You get rid of the chemicals and the toxins. You change your diet. You change, you know, who you're surrounded with. You change your your values. You change everything in your life and you go to the root of the cancer. It's most likely going to come back. And I've seen that in this three-year journey. So healing is first a mindset, okay? You have to believe that you you can and will heal. And if you have doubters around you, you've got to kick them to the curb. I'm sorry. You need all hands on deck. And I remember actually doing that because I am what you call an empath. So I can feel things on people. And if I felt their fear for me, or if I felt that they didn't believe that I was going to be healed, I could not be around them. I wanted no interaction with them. So it's okay to be like that. It's very much okay to be your own researcher and your own advocate. In fact, you have to be. One of the biggest mistakes I see with people is that they put their doctor on a pedestal and whatever their doctor tells them to do, they do. And I don't see that work out entirely well for people. All right. And the other thing I want to say is you can't heal in the same environment that you got sick in. Again, that has to do with closing up the gaps in your life and recognizing why cancer even came into your world. And honestly, you can't do that alone. You need, you need the Holy Spirit. And I even think you need a coach to do that. Personally, I believe the cutting, burning, and poisoning model isn't really working long-term, but going to the root cause is. And unless you heal the root of why you got a cancer diagnosis in the first place, you will only put a Band-Aid on it. So you have to be willing to do the heart work, heal the negative emotions that are trapped in your body. 
Cancer is your body's way of saying, wake up. Something is out of alignment. Another thing that I think is important for you to know is that fear will grow the cancer, but faith will help shrink it. And this podcast is dedicated also to prevention as well. One of the things I see way too much right now is people waiting to wake up until there's a diagnosis of some sort. And it doesn't have to be that way. You can change your habits now. So know this, that knowledge is powerful, but applied knowledge is even better. Okay. One of my favorite affirmations that I speak over myself is this disruption will lead to my full restoration. And just so you know, the word restoration means to make it better than it was ever to begin with. So that is the shortened version of my story. And I hope that you received so much value. And I hope that also you can, you know, identify with me. I'm going to be obviously going more into details in the future episodes of mindset and faith, which are the absolute most important tools that you can have when dealing with a cancer diagnosis. So as you can imagine, people had heard about my story and they were flocking to me and really standing with me. It was like almost every person that I had met in my life showed up for me in this season. And I just want to publicly thank all of you that sewed into my healing, whether it was financially, it was prayer, it was dropping off gifts, it was dropping off meals. And I just thank you so, so much for that. I want to publicly thank my parents. Oh my goodness, they have interceded and believed and prayed and stood and only believed for healing. And I want to publicly thank my pastors for standing with me and continuing to call me out in service and tell me that God's going to heal me. They are, they are incredible. I want to publicly thank my husband for his battle. Um, he's been on his own battle, his own journey, and he has you know, really stood with me. And I want to publicly thank a woman I met on Instagram. Her name is Christina Baker. And if you're not following her, you should. She is so encouraging. Her Instagram name is, I think it's it's Christina, and there's no H in her name. Thank you so much for listening to my story. And if any of this spoke to you, and you feel like you need to go to the next level in your health, or really what this cancer journey is about for you, I would love to work with you. I am a life coach, and you can go and apply to work with me at ericamatthews.co. You can reach out, send me a DM on Instagram at it's Erica Matthews, and I would be happy to do a discovery call with you. All right, I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the show. My prayer is that the podcast encouraged you and filled you with hope. If you loved what you heard today and you would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post it on social media, and leave a review on Apple Podcast. To catch the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at It's Erica Matthews and join my Hope and Healing for Cancer Facebook group. Remember this, anything worth having takes work. See you next week for a new episode.